You're listening to the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast. All right. So what have you been up to since we last talked a couple weeks ago? That's a really good question. I think I had mentioned to you guys that I was I have a men's group that I run. Uh, and we happily confirmed that we're doing a, a two-day trek. I'm taking three guys up to a dormant volcano, which is called Mount Garibaldi. Maybe you guys have heard of it. And we're going to be camping there overnight, and it's going to be amazing. We're going to be doing some coaching up on the mountain, hopefully a cold water swim. And uh, we're going to go hopefully to the Panorama Peak or Panorama Ridge, which is um, a viewpoint that sees this blue lake. And I don't know if you guys know, but in, in BC, there are blue lakes because of the glaciers. There are particles inside the glaciers that make the lakes blue. So they're amazing. So we're going to take some photos and it's going to be wonderful. Are these friends of yours or are they clients? Because you said you're doing some coaching. Yes. So that's a really good distinction. Are my clients my friends? And I would say yes. <laughs> they are clients. Yes, they are paying clients. But I also consider my clients to be friends. And I think that's where a lot of the coaches trip up is, can I really be friends with my clients? And I tell you right now, because you get to know these people so intimately, they naturally become your friends. And that's what I aim to do is, you know, coaching to me is like talking to a best friend that has all the answers to your questions. Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Or is qualified to answer your questions. Well, that's the, the beauty part of it is I'm not answering their questions. I'm helping them come to their own realizations. And you guys have may have known, you know, the best advice anybody can take is their own. So I don't know your situation or your circumstances any better than you do. However, together through conversation, we can come up with creative solutions that will hopefully get you to where you want to go. That's true. That's very true. I think like we have really been very lucky to connect with you and many other people who have been on a similar journey. And uh, I think we understand each other very well because uh, we, we have a similar goal or a desire to help other people find themselves and, and grow. And in a way, it's very interesting because that usually comes from a desire to grow ourselves. As, as, as you've told me before that you, you wanted to become a coach or rather, rather wanted to learn how to help other people because you wanted to help your mom. And uh, I feel like that's something that some people should understand and, and appreciate that sometimes those challenges that you face or, or that present themselves are an opportunity for you to maybe become the person who you should be, you should become. Yeah, I agree. Um, having a motivator, especially that pulls you towards a certain goal is, is really important to me. And realizing that whatever you do, when it's bigger than yourself, it's usually a lot easier <laughs> to get there, right? So yeah, I mean, I can aim for goals like, you know, make a million dollars for myself and make sure that's in my bank account and have all those zeros or get that car, get that house. But at the end of the day, maybe you guys have experienced this too, is once you reach it, then what? Are you truly happy? But when you're able to impact more people apart from yourself and those around you, to me, that's one of the biggest blessings of life. 
is to be able to positively impact them, change their lives. But, you know, truth be told is not everybody wants that. You know, what I've seen in this industry is a lot of people try to help you, help you, but a lot of people try to sell the coaching rather than trying to actually serving the people. Right. Right. That's what they learned. Right. And I think it comes from a place of scarcity, right? When you approach anybody, are you trying to gain from them? Or are you actually trying to help them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel that this is going to be a great conversation, not only for our listeners, but for us, for mm-hmm. us in our journey, trying to figure out how we can help other people, how we can, what is our unique gift, right? Uh, which is something that even after two years of, almost two years of this hobby that became more more than a hobby is 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 just still a very interesting journey that we learn every day and i guess this is a good point where we we can start yeah all right have a very special guest on the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast, Alexander Lin. Um, we call him Alex. We just got the approval from from him. Yeah. <laughs> so Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me here. I'm looking forward to today's conversation. I think it's going to be very fruitful. Yeah. Thank you so much for being so gracious with your time. For introduction, Alex is an strategic advisor and Self-transformation, he's a global life coach, uh, public speaker, and host of the Connected Dots podcast, and also, as we said, a YouTuber and content creator. Alex coaches professionals on how to live the, uh, to their fullest in a sustainable way. And among, among many, many, many things, he's also a wonderful guy, and we're really happy to have, have him here. So is there anything that we miss? Anything that you want to share? That's one a hell of an introduction. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. No, you guys hit every point, I think. Yeah. Excellent. So let's take it back to, we talked a little bit about why you became a coach, because in our first call with you, you said that you wanted to help your mom. Can you give us a little more of what that looked like in the beginning? Definitely. Definitely. So rewinding back to around, I think it was 2010. I was losing a lot of family members to cancer and a lot of, well, obviously our parents and our our relatives are getting older at that point in life when I was in my, you know, at that time. Uh, And I decided to myself, I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to stand on the sidelines anymore. I wanted to give back and really make a difference in these people's lives because I was so tired of losing people without being able to do anything about it. And so uh, back when I was just got married, uh, I moved to Thailand and I got a procurement job, which was a dream job. I had a driver, I had a translator salary that was very comfortable and I just got married. So why not? Right. Moved to Thailand. Little did I know after that, I, I had lost my job because I was let go, um, not because of performance, but because of a I guess in a way, a hostile takeover within the company and my manager and his whole team was being let go. And so that's when I lost myself. 
I had gained a good 20 extra pounds. I had developed adult acne. I was in depression. I was in a terrible place until one day I met my friend for dim sum and uh, we were sitting there, we were talking and I'm, I just felt this energy from him. I was saying, you know, how is this guy whom I, I know, I thought I knew well, able to get so deep into my thoughts and help me come to these realizations that, yeah, I need to do something more. He really gets me. So finally, after the entire conversation, he says, you know, you know, I'm a coach, right? I'm like, what? What's a coach? And he said, well, a coach helps people come to the realizations themselves through questioning and, you know, curiosity and helps them break through their limiting beliefs and, and really helps people in that way. And not only that, but you can help people in a medical manner as well, in a holistic way without using medicine. So I said, that's really interesting. You know, where did you do this? Who can do this? He's like, well, you can too. And immediately I thought about my mom. My mom had this medical condition where she had a bit of a twitch. Um, it was involuntary and she felt not so good about herself to say the least, you know, and she was very conscientious of other people and how they thought of her. And so I really wanted to help her. And long story short, I went to do a one year training of what I, what is called NLP, which is neuro linguistics programming in hopes to find a cure or to help her alleviate that twitch that she had. I got way more than I bargained for when I went to go do that training. And ever since then, I've been a life coach. That's wonderful. Was it clear to you how you wanted to help? Like you, you mentioned you went to the, to this course or seminar? Yeah. NLP? Yeah. yeah. Did you know, did you knew right away what you needed to help your mom? You know what? That's a really good question. The answer is no. I didn't know what I needed to help her, but all I knew was I believed my friend because I've seen the results that he gave to others in terms of medical remedies um, through conversation. And so I said, okay, that's enough proof for me to really dig in deep into this stuff. Um, and as I went through the courses, there was a lot of training. I mean, NLP training is the one that, that I went through are three days long for each course. And they're about 16 hours each day, right? So you're going there, you're going, immersing yourself, experimenting, learning all these new techniques that are, they were completely foreign to me before. But as I went along, I kept in mind why I'm here. I need to help mom. And so when you look for it, you know, you, you kind of find the clues and success leaves clues. And well, I found the way to do it, but I don't think I've shared this with you yet. After all that training, And after that year of intense, you know, work, my mom still has her Twitch. I tell this to you because this was the biggest lesson that I learned myself. And we talked about this at the beginning of our conversation here is people can only be helped if they want to be helped. And although I have the tools and the knowledge on how to do it, um, I've helped other people with medical conditions, like my wife who had an allergy on her hands and now it's no longer there. I was completely through conversation is because she wanted to get rid of it. But when I went home, she, my, my mother still was skeptical about all this stuff. And so she still hasn't opened up to it yet. That's why I tell a lot of the people, 
you have to want it. You can't really, you know, just say, oh yeah, I'll try it, give it a shot and we'll see if it works. You got to commit to this whole process of healing yourself, your mind and your body. And once you really want that, the rest comes easily. So would you say that the people who reach out to you who are really serious about making change in their lives are those kind of people from the get-go? They're the ones who are already driven to commit to a course and to commit to working on themselves? Exactly. You know, these are the, I work with ambitious entrepreneurs and professionals, and these guys know that they're meant for more, right? Very much like YouTube. You know, I, I was browsing your website. I saw that long bucket list that you guys want to achieve. And that looks great. That looks super ambitious. And these are the kind of people that I love working with is because, you know, you guys know you can do it. It's just a matter of how, right? And to be honest, for me, I, I wear many hats when I work with these kind of people. I'm a consultant. I'm a coach. I'm a facilitated advisor. I'm also a friend, right? And through those conversations, people get to where they want to go a lot faster because they don't have, they learn how to manage their minds so that they can just break through any barriers that come their way. Right. I think I, I saw something on your website about controlling your emotions means controlling your life. Is that, uh, do you place a lot of emphasis on that when you work with your clients? Yes, definitely. It all starts from the inner work. I don't know if you guys are familiar with how your results are created. Now, this is a, a concept that was founded by Brooke Castillo from the Life Coaching School that I love to, to listen to. Your thoughts create your reality. And I know you guys are probably familiar with that. But in, in a nutshell, the pathway is your thoughts create your feelings. Your feelings create your actions. And your actions then create your results. And once you have control of your thoughts, you can control your emotions. And therefore, you can control your life and any result you create. Right. When I hear the word control or, or the sentence control your emotions, it seems or it kind of seems like suppression, which I understand that that's not the healthy way to deal with your emotions. But of course, maybe that's just the nuance of how, how people understand that sentence. But when you say control, you mean living above your emotion or being aware? Is, is it awareness? What is it? Correct. Um, it all starts from awareness and conscious, conscious decision, right? I like to tell my people that I work with is that the problems that you have really aren't problems. It's just a matter of making a decision. <laughs> and a lot of the time is you don't that decision right it can be tough when i say control emotions i do not refer to suppressing anything that is not what i do i know the importance of being able to sit with your emotions feel them go through them and know that you have a choice on how to feel after you're sitting with it right beside you but when i talk about controlling your thoughts i mean for example is we can do an experiment right now if you're happy to do that is if you think about being happy, can you be happy without being, without thinking about being happy? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. Well, I mean, if by thinking to be happy, you mean awareness of being happy, 
then I don't think so. Start at the root, the thought. Forget about thinking about being happy and then try to be happy. Do you think you can do it? Mm, no, uh, I don't, no, think, I don't so. think so. It's like if, if you live in the ocean, you don't know what the concept of water is because it's just all around you. So in a way, if you're not thinking about it, you're not consciously mm. being aware of it, then you don't know what it is. Right? You're not experiencing, you're not experiencing it. Yeah, exactly. Very, very good. And similar as, you know, can you be sad without thinking about being sad? I don't think so either. I don't think so. Right. And so that's what I mean by controlling your thoughts. We have millions of thoughts that come in all the time, but we decide which ones we focus on, right? And as you focus on them, whatever thoughts you focus on will expand, affect your feelings and emotions and your actions, and therefore your results. Right. Well, yeah, I guess when you think about it, and it really is about what you focus on and what you think about, right. yeah. What what would you say is the the biggest obstacle that your clients face? The people that look at mm. that look for you to help them. That's a really good question. You know, I've had people come to me during many walks of their lives. You know, I've had people come to me for consultation about YouTube. You know, I've had others. One of my clients. He denied a hundred K job to start his own business. And what does that mean to him? Was that, well, it was a way to impact the world in the way that he wanted to and make more money than he would have been offered at another person paying him and a job. Another one of my clients is, you know, overcoming the fear of self-confidence and not being able to get on the phone and sell, right? And I've had many, you know, clients come to me with different problems, but I guess to sum it up in a nutshell, what I help people with are, are four big facets. It's financial, health and fitness, personal development, and spirituality. Usually they fall in one of those four buckets. I see. Is it anything specific about health and fitness that you have an expertise on that you you focus on? Like you, I, I know that you've had a lot of content that you've created mostly tailored to what you do and like just either trying to express yourself or trying to sell your coaching but have i have yet to see anything related to health and fitness so i was kind of surprised that you mentioned that definitely i mean the health and fitness aspect is really creation of habits right the story that i tell is you know there's a man who is you know a busy computer engineer working at his job He has no time to do anything and you go to his place and it's a mess, you know, and you, you can't find the time or the willingness to actually just clean it up once and done, get it over with and have people over and enjoy his space. It's just not in him. And so when we talk about health and fitness, it's about creating those healthy habits. Like for this guy and the example that I just gave you is clean up five minutes a day. It doesn't have to be, 10, 20 minutes, just five minutes a day. It's the easiest step towards getting to where he wants to go. And then after, I think about two weeks, this place was spick and span. And it never came back where it was messy or, or you know, everything was jumbled up, disorganized inside. And really just creating those habits that become part of you. And that is a foundation of helping others with their fitness and health. What I do is I start with the inner work first though. And I, I will 
probably allude to this quite a bit is that if you're aiming just for the exterior, you know, I want a six pack, <laughs> you know, or I want biceps bigger than my forehead, that kind of thing. They're nice, but they don't create sustainable results. You, you, you guys probably know some people in your circles where they go through these yo-yo effects of, you know, I'll be really, really fit, super fit. And then, okay, I'm done. Let's, let's go down now. They just want to be fit for summer. Right. Exactly. But when you realize what you're, you're aiming for, it's that feeling. And once you have those ingrained habits, then the rest is easy. You know, you have to learn how to progress from, from a certain point. You can't go from, you know, down here all the way to up here. It's too big of a jump. So together with my clients, we create these habits that will gradually get you there. But it's not just a linear curve. It's an exponential curve. So would you say that the start of your work with your clients begins with creating the relationship with the self, a meaningful relationship? Yeah. You know, when we talk about relationship with self, I mean, I think I mentioned this to you guys is any problem we have is related to relationships. I mean, if you think about any problem you guys have, who's a relationship problem with? It's either usually with someone else, a group of other people, or yourself, right? And so when we work on the relationship with ourselves, you know, we all live in this place and we were born and brought into this world, unfortunately, of this whole, we live through scarcity. We need more, we want more, more is better. You know, you guys are probably familiar with that. And what does that do to a person? Fundamentally, what it does is it shows that we're not enough. We don't have enough. You know, and the greatest, greatest example is think about your closet. Do you have enough or do you have more than enough? Right. I know for me at, at many parts of my life, I had way more than I should have, but I didn't catch myself in time to say, I don't really need this, but what is causing that inside me to be that way? Right. So once we're able to build that awareness, just like Juan had mentioned, you know, being aware, hyper aware of what we're doing and how to control those triggers before they actually happen. That's where the gold is. That's where you build that self-relationship and that ability to say that I am enough. I have enough. And therefore, from that place, that's when you really start creating. That's when you really start giving the good stuff and getting to the good stuff. Yeah, Wendy and I have been having that conversation recently. Actually, we we had a friend over to do some podcasting too, and we had a conversation about laziness, but also it kind of diverged into talking about being enough. And I think it's a fascinating topic. I it's it's something that I've struggled with myself, and I feel like it's it's a journey that it's present in most people. And uh, as you said, like once you understand, once you find that you're enough because it's something that you have to discover. It's not, it's not that you find something that makes you enough, but just that you are enough by definition. You're able to give to other people because otherwise you feel like there's, you don't, you, you don't want to give because you're lacking. And until you don't lack, uh, you're able to actually give. And I think that's something that most people who embark in this journey of giving Uh, producing and, and making something for others finally uh, like 
we we learn and then we start preaching or, or telling other people that hey i am enough and you too are enough yes it's a it's a wonderful concept but unfortunately many people have trouble grasping it right and you know this conversation is leading me to the story that i remember of a a wonderful individual her name is lynn twist have you heard of her no i haven't so lynn twist is a proactivist and she's been fundraising helping world global issues like poverty hunger go check her out if you haven't but i remember in one of her talks she talks about how to be enough how to truly be enough and funny enough, it's, it's a lot simpler than we think. You know, life is really simple <laughs> if we think about it. We just make it more complicated than, than it should be. But to be enough starts from gratitude. And we've heard about, you know, everybody practicing gratitude. What are you grateful for? What are you thankful for? But what does it really mean? Gratitude in itself is a root and it has two branches. One branch is gratefulness. When you are grateful, it's like a bowl. Your bowl is filled with water all the way to the brim, just where you have that, that bowl on top, right? It's not overflowing yet, but it's there. You're filling yourself with how much you're grateful for that you have existing in your life already and putting aside the things that you want and think that will bring you happiness, but just looking at what you have enough of and how enough that is. Then once you get past that, edge of having enough and you feel that wholeness, you go to the next branch, which is thankfulness. And thankfulness is that same bowl, but the water is overflowing and it overflows to other people, just like you were mentioning, content creation, whether it's philanthropy work, and you're just giving to others around you in the most impactful way that you can probably think of. But the beauty of it all is that it's a cycle. Once you start giving, your bowl gets bigger and you go back to gratitude. And then the gratitude gets filled again and then it goes back to the thankfulness and it just grows from there. So it's a wonderful concept. And at the baseline of it all, how to feel enough is, how do you feel, what do you feel grateful for? And how do you really practice gratitude? Yeah. How do you practice gratitude? And what's, what's an exercise or a way that you help the people you work with realize how important gratitude is. You know, there is a saying, a magician, when he tells you how the trick works, it, it, it loses its pizzazz, right? So I can share what I do, but with my clients, they actually create their own gratitude practices. Okay. Uh, and I help them through that. Um, but for myself, journaling is a big part of it. You know, as I'm going through coaching, a, a great way for coaches to do this and remind themselves because we're human too, you know, we all go through that. And maybe you guys are familiar with it, the creator's journey where you think of a great idea, then you say, oh, this is terrible, this crap. And then you think, oh yeah, no, no, this will work, this will work. And then afterwards you're like, nope, not gonna work, you know? <laughs> and you just go through that cycle in your head. But how do you really get out of that is remind yourself of the successes that you've had. So I have something called a swipe file where I've succeeded. I've had people give me testimonials. I meditate, I journal, and these are just some things that I do to practice gratitude. I intentionally sit down 
and focus on the things that I have already and focus on how that makes me feel like I have enough. Right. I think the act of just being present and like you said, putting that focus on what you already have rather than what you're lacking is something that's seems so simple, right? but it's hard to do. I find myself guilty of just thinking about things that would, I feel would make me happy that will fill that void when in fact I have more than what I need. Right. And it's a lot of the things that I have are inside within me, mm. but it's just shifting that focus is what can really I think drive that growth mindset of abundance, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely bombarded constantly by culture, media, uh, a lot of people with interests, and us being in a constant state of lack so that we feel the need to consume. So it is definitely like it varies also depending on culture because. I've never felt a overwhelming need of purchasing stuff or filling my life with things, mm -hmm. but people from America usually are more susceptible to the the power of the media and the marketing, which I always I always found very interesting. Now that I I feel more surrounded by the kind of culture that I I always felt was very susceptible to that. It's it's very interesting for me to revisit what things in my upbringing made me appreciate life more and, and this, the small things, the little things that I have that other people are still struggling to appreciate. And, and I'm trying to find that and, and put it in a way so that other people can learn from it. So it's, I guess it's my own personal way to try to find my my gift and and that kind of goes into the next question that I wanted to ask what was what is different from when you started to become a coach when you decided to become a coach what 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 did you want to to bring to the world to give to other people from now like what did you want to give then and what do you want to give now if i understand the question correctly how did i change and did what i want to give did it change with me Right. Okay. Well, to be honest, back then, before I was being a coach, I was focused more on myself. Right. I was aiming for those goals. And early on in the coaching training, they'll ask you, you know, what do you want to achieve? By when? You know, you guys have probably heard about SMART goals. And I, I came to the realization through the training that I didn't really want it for myself. I transform from not giving to myself anymore to helping others get what they want. And what I bring is really helping people find their full potential. A lot of people think, you know, it's work hard, climb the corporate ladder, and that's my full potential. But then so often I see people so distraught and stressed out and unhappy once they reach it. And so you're talking about finding purpose. Well, it comes down to, you guys are probably familiar with the concept of Ikigai. Have you heard, heard of that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, my reason for being, why are you on this earth and what are you meant to do? So this is one of the aspects that I help people work on. Once they find that, 
you know, I know it's cliche when they say, do what you're passionate about and you'll be just fine. I've seen people do that. You know, the passion draws in the people and the people that they draw in eventually end up either working with them or supporting them in their, their mission to, to do what they want to do. And so as I help more people, that, that's what's been happening to me is I help others get what they want. They see the results and they tell others. And my practice is small boutique is because I like it that way because I have two kids and I don't want to devote my 70 hours to coaching. No, that's not what I do. I take a very selected few and I look at what they really want. And I don't just accept anybody into the practice because once you guys really do know what you want, it's easy to get there. You just have to have that consistency um, and the, the guiding and support to get there. And sometimes arriving there, figuring out what it is that you do want is the hardest part. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, working on core values is a key concept, especially in coaching. What do you truly value in this life? And is what you're doing now going to get you there and support those values? Right. It is a question of purpose of helping other people find a, a solution to that question that sometimes people spend their whole lives without answering. What mm -hmm. is my purpose? What is my, my unique gift? And I feel that's why I have a lot of respect for coaches because they are helping people find themselves. And in, in turn, those people then can become a force of change and hopefully make the world a little bit better. It's like an indirect impact to the world, uh, which is fantastic. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Is there something that I'm sure you've met a lot of people who have become your mentors through the workshops that you've done or maybe outside of them? Are there any mantras or life lessons that you have you've stuck to and have used to guide other people? Yeah, I'm happy to share this one. And uh, it's a very simple one. It is, I am a hundred percent. To many people, what that means can vary. But for me, I found myself as I lived by that, I guess you would say mantra or code or whatever it is. To me, it's a habit. When I commit to something, I am a hundred percent in. When I do anything for my kids, for my family, for my friends, I'm going all the way and there's no half-assing. I don't live by the half-baked principle of maybe anymore. It's either a yes or a no and I'm in or I'm not, that's it. And it's, it's interesting because I catch myself so many times without saying the words, you know, I'm 100%, but it comes to the point where I'm outside and you know, you see a piece of garbage on the ground. You say, I, I could leave this there. Or do I really want to pick it up? Take the extra energy, go ahead, down, pick it up, put it in the garbage that's you know a few feet away, that kind of thing. And I found myself doing that a lot along this trek that I did in, in Vietnam at Mount Fanzipan, which is great, where you not only help the nature, but you help others 
get up the mountain as well. I went with 350 people, which is ridiculous. I don't know how we did that. <laughs> we had ages 15 to 63 go up that mountain, right? And you can imagine if you're not 100% in helping everybody up that mountain, what's going to happen, right? So we had our own squads, but I found myself overflowing to other squads and helping them because, I mean, I was younger than some, some of them were just too, not ready or prepared enough for their trek. So what do you do? You overprepare and you help others around you, right? Again, it comes with the principle of 100%. Do I just do it for myself? You know, maybe 80% is enough. I'll try. 80 is good. But no, I wanted everyone up and I gave my entire self. And I thought to do that every single day, I will never leave this earth with any regret. Wow. It's amazing when you share all the things that you've achieved and, and how you help other people. It's really inspiring. And I wanted to ask you, how does the life of a coach with such a, like so many things on your plate, how does it look like? Like how, how do you manage to have uh, time with your family while also creating content, while also helping other people in their own schedule? How did you, how does your life look and like? And also spending time on yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Um, I am blessed to have such a supportive partner. She's my rock. And she is the reason why I'm able to do all this. And the reason why I want to do all this. Um, so I love my wife. Uh, her name's Lewis. Um, and the secret really is boundaries and being intentional with what I do. I don't devote my weeks any more than 20 hours to coaching. My self-work comes when I have a moment when the kids are asleep and I really get that time to sit down, absorb, grow, read, write. And, you know, I, maybe you guys are familiar with this, but one of the guiding principles in figuring out where you are and where you want to be is something called the wheel of life. Have you heard of that? I haven't. I don't think so. No. Okay, wonderful. Maybe we can go through that one day together. Um, but basically it focuses on eight aspects of your life. And some of the facets are, you know, financial, fun and leisure, personal development, fitness, spirituality, all that stuff. Once you have a snapshot of where you are now and where you want to be, this makes your life so much easier in terms of how to prioritize, what to focus on, because we can't do a million things. We really can't. But what we can do is pick the three most important ones and focus on those. And if you chip away at them. I guarantee you every day is going to feel like a cakewalk because you know you're living with integrity and true to whatever it is you really want to do, right? That's very true. And I, I feel like we're also in our own journey trying to figure out how we can balance our lives mm -hmm. while also trying to figure out how we can create content, how to make it so it doesn't disturb our lives too much. And while also trying to introduce new things, like we're just venturing into creating content for YouTube and it is really demanding in so many ways. And it can be very rewarding too, because 
the audience that you can reach in there it's massive and uh, yeah i feel like from my part i i've been enjoying the process it's been definitely they've had moments of like it's very taxing but there are a few moments where someone reach reaches to you and and let you know like hey i really appreciated that that thing that you created or that thought that you shared and and that's what really motivates me to continue what do you feel wendy um well i feel the same it's kind of like a continual process of examining where you are how you're feeling about where you are and where mm -hmm. you want to get to and i think what's has stuck out to me from what you said alex is being present putting in the 100% because mm -hmm. I notice that when I'm not fully there, when I'm not committing my entire self to something, I don't get as much out of it. Yeah. And the people who I'm trying to serve don't get as much out of it either. And that's unfair to both parties. But when I do show up as present as I can, that's when I feel like I'm actually giving my all and I don't have regrets. I'm not feeling low energy and i'm also not putting that energy out into the world too because that's the kind of energy you'll attract right that's right so i think that was really important for me to hear it was kind of a wake-up call and a great reminder for yeah. all of us to focus on just being there like you're either in or you're not that's right make that choice right that's right and you know the power of no is so powerful a lot of the people don't realize that is you have the option to say no to things, you know, once you realize you don't need to please anybody or you're not doing it for other reasons, apart from, you know, giving and have feeling that self of sense of self-fulfillment, right? Saying no means you're saying yes to something else and vice versa. So once you realize what you're saying no to or what you're saying yes to, yeah, totally. And it, it, it kind of funny enough, this is what we work on with my clients is how to be fully present. A lot of people believe it, they can't do it funny enough, but you can. And the one story that I tell to my clients is, do you guys know what Aikido is? The martial art? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, a movement of the, the weight and power distribution. And really you don't have to be a big guy to be good at Aikido, right? So there was an Aikido master who was teaching one of my mentors, right? And my mentor asked his master, you know, what is the difference between me, a not so good novice Aikido practitioner and you, the master? And the master says, the true difference is I can find my center faster than anyone else. This applied in Aikido and in life in general. When you're able to find your center, come back to home, who you are, what really matters to you quickly, everything else just flows around you and you can manipulate, well, I wouldn't say manipulate, but control your life, your emotions, all that stuff. That's, that's wonderful, yeah. Well, we really, really appreciate uh, that you gave us your time. We can talk with you for hours. It's really amazing how much we have in common and also how much we want to keep learning. And uh, 
maybe we will bring you back in another opportunity if you're if you're up for it. I do have one last question for you. What is what is the unique gift that you want to give to the world? My unique gift, my my superpower. Uh, you know, I I like to break it down into three things. I love to connect people. I love to create, and I love to curate. You know, there's no such thing as an original thought, and I'm not claiming that I created anything because I know someone else has probably thought of it or talked about it before me. But to connect people in a way that they've never felt before and go from surface level to significance as fast as possible, that's my gift. And that's what I hope to do for yourselves, the listeners, and whoever it is that I get to work with and touch. Wonderful. Excellent. Wonderful. I have one last question for you too. Do you consider yourself an extrovert or an introvert? I consider myself an ambivert. The reason I say that is because I used to be, I labeled myself as an introvert. I was a shy guy. I never talked much. I didn't feel like I had anything important to say. But then once I started focusing on the other person in front of me, I found out this extrovert inside me kind of came out. It's like, why am I hiding for? I need to tell this to people just like yourselves, you know, share that knowledge, that wisdom that you get in hopes to bring them to their own insights. So that's why I say I'm an ambivert, but I guess fundamentally, I would say I'm an introvert. I like my alone time. I like being with a small group. And although I love public speaking, I prefer to be in the front or the back of the room, not really in the middle. It's, it's too draining for me. <laughs> Okay, so is that one of the tactics that you use as a coach and a public speaker is you set boundaries for yourself? You know how to say no. You sit either in the front or the back. Are there any other ways that you handle being around so many people, helping so many people? No, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. And so again, things are a lot simpler than you think. And just being able to say no. You know, I have people coming to me asking me, can you do this? Can you do that? I go back to my center <laughs> and I say, how is this going to affect my life and the people that I truly care about? And then I make a decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wonderful. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know or want to share? No, I mean, this was a wonderful experience. Thank you guys for the opportunity to talk. If you guys ever want to explore coaching, you can check out my website, coachalexlin.com. And because you are part of Juan and Mary's show, uh, we'll set something up and see if we can have a consultation. Probably, well, I'll work something out for you guys. Just reach out to me. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Alex. We really appreciate your time with us yeah. today. And we know that our listeners will too. Yeah. Great. Thanks, you guys. This was wonderful. Okay.